This episode of The Pageant Project is brought to you by the Neutralis Natural Skin Care Range. Neutralis's effective, cruelty-free formulas are proven to keep your skin looking healthy and feeling good and are packed with pure and organic ingredients. Neutralis is also 100% Australian-made and owned. Use the code PAGEANTPROJECT18 to get $10 off when you shop with Neutralis online at www.neutralis.com.au forward slash shop. Hi, I'm Mrs. Australia Continents 2018, Jess Darunin, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Hi everyone, it is Adrian from The Pageant Project and I'm here with my first interview, my first interviewee, Mrs. Australia Continents 2018, Jess Tarunan. Jess, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. That was a mouthful to get through, introducing with, yeah. all, the, with all the titles. So Jess is coming to you recently, moved to the Gold Coast, didn't you? Yes, I did. So we've been here for six weeks now. And how are you loving the Gold Coast as opposed to oh. Sydney? So nice. It's so peaceful. It's beautiful. The way of life is much slower. Yeah. Um, and the people are just so lovely and accommodating. So, and of course, we have the beach. So, you know. You have the horrible beach. You have the horrible sunny weather. It's I just know. really. My next thing was that we're um, narrowly avoiding winter, which is nice. So, yeah. yeah. I haven't even used my heater yet. We've still got <laughs> days. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm, for those who don't, who don't know, I'm in Sydney and it's in the mornings, it's, it's pretty cold. It's below 10 degrees here. So I, I'm not liking what you're describing at all. I'm very, very jealous. I think uh, the coldest we've had has been like middle of the night, maybe like around 12. So it's still pretty warm here. Yeah. I think I need to move to the Gold Coast. On to the matter at hand. You are the current Mrs. Australia continent. So can you, because each pageant system has its own little quirks, its own special special things that set it apart. Can you tell us more about the continent system and I guess what drew you to compete in it? Sure. So the continent system, um, what we stand for is be your own kind of beautiful, mm -hmm. which is um, really cool to me um, because it means that we're accepting of people regardless of their height, their weight, their shape, all the rest of it. So it's a very accepting system and I love that. Um, and I'm all about realness and um, being true to yourself. So that was something that was really stand out for me as opposed to other systems. And I sort of fell into pageantry. So I was actually on the lookout for a hobby because I didn't have anything. <laughs> and um, my husband was basically begging me to do something for myself because I was being a right pain in the neck. And um, <laughs> so I actually stumbled across um, another pageant system that had a Mrs. Division. I didn't even know they existed. Um, I applied, I competed, and I won. So I was very, very um, fortunate. In saying that, though, I worked very, very hard. So I completely dedicated my life to um, not winning, but just being the very best that I could possibly be. And here I am. And now I honestly can't imagine not being a pageant girl. It's become a way of life. So I, I need to back up for a sec. You said your husband wanted you to stop being a pain in the neck. Yeah. So 
can you walk us through that? So you were being annoying, and so yeah. your idea, his idea of you not being annoying was to go and win a pageant? Uh, his idea of me not being annoying was to do something for myself because, right. um, yeah, I, I have this habit of, like, putting other people before myself. And so I guess, yeah, I was just wrapped up in, at the time, I had a business. So I was caught up in my business and caught up in the fact that I didn't have time for myself and I didn't have time for my kids. And my husband was like, you need to find something for yourself that you yeah. do that's just for you. Um, in saying that, I think he probably wishes I didn't choose pageants because it's really expensive. Um, <laughs> he's like, wow, you could have chosen a cheaper hobby, but, you know. Yeah, and, and now you need, to go to, you need to go to Vegas in three weeks. What a shame he's going to get to come. So what a shame. Well, he, he doesn't have to. Well, <laughs> he has to. So, you know, no complaints when it comes to going to Vegas. So, I, I can imagine. And I, I should state for the record, I mean, you're missus, but you also have kids as well yes, who will I be do. in tow. So you've managed to enter your pageant so that you could stop annoying your husband. <laughs> you won your first pageant and you've done this whilst having two kids. Yes. So yes. The, the question I has to be, how did, you, how did you balance all that? It's hard. And um, my oldest son has special needs. So um, yeah, it is very hard. But in saying that, though, that's even more so why I need the pageant. And, and I do say I need it. I do. I really need that, that having something for myself. And it gives me purpose, it gives me a reason to do something other than being a mom and a wife. So it's a really, really important part of my life now. But the balance, um, yeah, I won't lie, it has been difficult in saying that, though, it made me realise a lot of things and it's um, brought a lot of truth to my life and made me reevaluate a lot of things. So shortly after the pageant in November, I actually closed my hairdressing business. It just wasn't aligning with where I wanted my life to go anymore. So that closed, that chapter closed, and then shortly later we've moved up here. Yeah. And now it just kind of feels like everything's happening. Like, you know, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And I do think that things have fallen into place perfectly. So, yeah, like I said, the pageant, really, there's a lot of room in my life now for the pageant and, and my title. And I, I love that. I, I can't imagine not, not having this role. And I'm actually sad that I'll have to eventually hand my crown over because I can't imagine not being Mrs. Continents Australia. I mean, you can always get another one. Well, this is true, but I'm so attached to the continent. <laughs> I'm a continent girl through and through. I can't even imagine competing for someone else. I so guess you can't. You can't run for the same title next year, can you? No, I cannot. I can. I can go in, but I'm not allowed to win. So, who knows where the world will take me? So, as a first-time competitor and first-time winner, which is hugely unusual, yes. what have you learnt? I guess about pageantry that's maybe surprised you i mean you said you didn't really know it existed so maybe it didn't surprise you but a lot of people from you know watching movies like miss congeniality have the stereotype of what a pageant girl is so now that you've competed and you've won and you're going international what are the aspects of it that i guess that you've enjoyed or have surprised you yeah i'm glad you brought this up actually because um i feel like there's this big stigma around pageants and it's actually the total opposite of what everyone thinks it is so um, I guess on the surface, it looks like it's very superficial. It looks mm -hmm. like it's very, I don't know how to say this, but you know, like the girls are airheads, you know, and yeah. 
I can tell you honestly from the inside, it's not like that at all. These women are highly intelligent. A lot of them have really high university degrees. They're genuinely kind and empowering women that want to do good in the world. And they're, they're beautiful on the inside as well as the outside. And, uh, I mean, apart from that, yeah, it, it's barely superficial at all. I mean, obviously it comes to the makeup and the dresses and the jewellery. Mm-hmm and all that stuff. But let's be real, what girl doesn't like those things? So, you know, it's just, um, I think people just don't know enough about it. Absolutely. Can we go a little bit into some of the challenges you face? Because I know that you have had various struggles growing up, including you almost died, wasn't it? Yeah, twice. So can you tell us some of the backstory of Jess Tarunin, including your twice, your two times almost dying? Yeah, sure. So um, that's probably the most exciting, like, thing about me. Um, My past is actually quite dark, but, you know, obviously I'm living proof that there's light in the darkness. And so... The, the first time I nearly died was um, in a motorbike accident. So I was 15 at the time and I was trail bike riding with my cousins and I fell off, <laughs> essentially, and I damaged my pancreas, my liver and my spleen. The liver and the spleen were both okay, uh, but I had the tail end of the pancreas removed. But they actually, so going back two years before that, I had actually had a spinal fusion because I had scoliosis. So I have a rod and six screws in my spine. And so they're trying to do MRIs to find out exactly what was wrong from the accident. And they can't see anything because the stainless steel from the rod in my spine is just shining really bright. So they couldn't see it. And I was literally like hours from death. So they actually told my parents that there's a good chance I might not make it because they can't figure out what's wrong with me. And just by chance, a doctor walking past, seen my scan and seen that my pancreas was severely damaged. And so they rushed me in for emergency surgery and the rest is history. So, yeah, it was pretty full on. And the second time I nearly died was after I had my first son. That, that story is a bit in depth, but basically I had a big, big bleed and um, I had to have two blood transfusions um, because I'd lost so much blood. But, yeah, I mean, I'm here to tell both stories. So I've got a pretty cool scar on my belly from the motorbike accident. But, yeah, I lived, I lived to talk about it. So I'm blessed. I'm honestly blessed. I think you're the only person who would describe near-death experiences as the most exciting things about me. Well, it is. <laughs> I'm a boring person. <laughs> I really don't have a lot going for me. <laughs> That's right. I disagree with that. I mean, that must have been a hell of a fall to do such damage, although I've heard trail biking can be dangerous. Well, to be honest, there was actually nothing on the outside at all. Oh, right. So there wasn't a bleed or anything? No, nothing at all. So it was all internal. So I was driven to the hospital where they said, oh, she probably has a bit of internal bruising. You can just take her home, keeping in mind that at this hospital, they didn't even have an ultrasound machine. So it's a very small rural hospital. And they said, but we do want to kind of um, get her to Dubbo. And my parents were like, well, that's three hours in the opposite direction to where mm. we go. So can we go to Nepean? Because I come from Sydney. Basically, they said no. And my parents had to drive me there themselves because they wouldn't supply an ambulance. And when we got there, I was literally nearly dead. So they um, rushed me and they knew I had severe internal bleeding, but they didn't know where from. And that's when they got into all the testing and eventually found that, yeah, my pancreas was sev- sev- like severed. 
really badly. So I guess, I mean, you were young when it happened, relatively young. Did it change your outlook on life at all, going through something like that? Absolutely. So I spent about four months in hospital where I just literally became severely depressed. I had sort of a difficult upbringing and I did experience depression from around 12. Mm -hmm. So this kind of just amplified everything and, and it was really a dark time. And when I came out, it took a long time to sort of come good. Sure. And well, that sounds like a very, diff- I know it's a difficult thing to go through. So I'm assuming it, it's part of what drives you today. I mean, let, let's talk about your platform. Yes. So, and I, I like to think of legacy as well. So, I mean, you, yeah. that you attach to your title. Yes. What is it that you're passionate about? And I guess what legacy do you hope to leave behind when eventually you do have to hand over your title? Yes, yeah, so mental health is my platform. Um, I'm very passionate about mental health and I have been for a long time. As I said, it's probably in the last six months, six to 12 months is when I've really felt that I've overcome most of my struggles. So really, I suppose I've, I've had um, mental health issues for 15 years. So a big portion of my life. And yeah, I just um, am really passionate about educating the general public and in particular high school students um, about the dangers of mental illness, about the early warning signs, how to help a friend and how to help yourself. Because realistically, if we're not teaching kids that, they can get to very dark periods before they know what to do with themselves. So, yeah, sure. I, um, I'm an advocate and I'm actually official, officially a, an ambassador and presenter for a charity up here on the Gold Coast called Livin'. And we work towards mental health education and suicide prevention. I was going to ask you about Livin'. So Livin' is based on the Gold Coast and you just moved up there. So can you tell us more about what Livin' does? I mean, you just briefly mentioned it there, but can you give us a few more details about it? So with Livin', we go into, as I said, predominantly high schools, but also now we've started working with um, sports and community groups. Um, And it's really just talking about you know, opening that door and removing the stigma from mental health um, because there is still a stigma. People are still afraid to talk about it and it's really just, um, you know, bringing to light that it's okay to not be okay. Like so many of us suffer from these things and you're not abnormal. In fact, you're probably more normal. Everybody experiences some bout of mental illness at some point in their lives. It's just whether it's affecting you on a day-to-day basis. So, We're educating the kids on what the difference is between feeling sad and being depressed. Um, And just, again, reiterating that we're trying to help you help yourself and help you help your friends if if need be. Yeah. Just with mental health and pageantry, I've spoken to, I know you know Brooke Murray, for example, um, your very good friends. I am friends with Brooke. She's amazing. She, she absolutely is. And I've heard this on more than one occasion that most people wouldn't think that pageantry and recovering from a mental illness go hand in hand. Yes. But for a lot of them, entering a pageant has been a way of healing or recovering. Did you find that to be the case at all? Absolutely. And it's no... Um it's not, it's not ironic that the last six months for me have been a huge period of overcoming and I also won my title just under six months ago. So that's not, um, that's not ironic whatsoever. 
on stage, obviously, we're, you know, facing self-confidence head on. Mm. But we're also behind the scenes. We're doing a lot of self-development work, a lot. So we're going over interview questions. We're talking about ourselves. We're, you know, finding the cause that we're really passionate about and actually getting out into the community and, and be, being a point of difference. So it's really humbling to be a part of the, the pageant community because these women, not just with mental health, but they may overcome mental health issues by talking about other causes that they're passionate about. It's not just that, but like they're just, we're just generally really trying to do good things. And in turn, they say, you know, the best way to help yourself is to help other people. I truly believe that. I've found so much in myself by helping other people. Absolutely. So at this stage, you've got, I guess you're about halfway through your reign, I guess now, aren't you? Don't remind me, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be halfway through. But I'm hoping that in three weeks' time, when I come back from Vegas, I'll be at the beginning of a new reign. So You'll have another crown, another another sash, another <laughs> crown. But So what, um, I guess bringing it back to the legacy question, what would you hope to have achieved by the end of your reign or what would you like to be remembered for? Uh, so I've got a few things. Obviously, I want to continue my work with Libin. That's just so important to me. It's like ingrained in my soul. It's my sole purpose in life to help people realize that there's so much more than their mental illness. So, you know, I'm really passionate about keeping that going and if anything, with more force and on a wider scale. So, you know, that's definitely up there. The other thing would be obviously promoting the system, you know, like obviously as for me, I have felt like a bit of a fish out of water. I don't know a lot about pageants and I am brand new to this, but it's also nice to be the black sheep of the pageant world. Um, And so now I'm like on a mission to show people that pageants are amazing. So promoting the system and particularly our system, because it's such a beautiful system and what we believe in, you know, being your own kind of beautiful is just so beautiful. I love that. And I guess the third thing is, as a missus, I'm really adamant about promoting healthy marriage and healthy Mm. relationships. So my husband and I have a beautiful relationship. He's literally my best friend. And yeah, so I really want to promote that and advocate that as a missus, I'm a team. Like I've got someone else who's permanently attached to my arm. And yes, I'm all about promoting that. I love that because... I, I don't think there's anything more important in life than finding your soulmate, whether people yeah. believe in that or not. And I think people who don't believe in it have maybe just been hurt a little bit and aren't willing to admit the truth of themselves. On that note, I know that you, I saw recently, you are renewing your bowels. Is that right? I am. So my husband and children on the weekend just gone, we were having a family photo shoot and um, my kids came running over to me. One had a little bunch of flowers and the other one had a ring box. And I was like, what is going on? And then he was like, mommy, will you marry my daddy again? And I was like, what? Like, I was so confused. But yes, yeah, so I got this beautiful new I'm so blessed. So we will be renewing our vows. I mean, we have been talking about renewing our vows around that 10-year mark. So that's coming up next year for us. So, yeah, it'll be really exciting to, to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, there are many skills in the world, I think, and having a wonderful relationship is definitely a skill and it definitely takes hard work. So I love the fact that you put that out there because I have seen some other pageant queens drag boyfriends and husbands along and you can say, you know, they can say they're a team, but they're really not. So no, my husband is there with bells on. So he's actually dying to meet our international director. 
and he's um, he's been talking about setting up his own pageant Instagram so he can promote me and do appearances. Like he wants to get himself a crown and a sash so he can come to appearances. <laughs> I'm like, um, I think you're trying to like live off the back of me, mate. I'm like, this is my time to shine. <laughs> And this is all after he, you were being a pain in his neck. So now he wants to, he wants to jump on the bandwagon. Well, I mean, there are male pageants, aren't there? Maybe it was him that wanted to get into pageants. After all, it was just he just needed that little push, you know. Yeah, I think the crown and sash look better on you, Jess. Um, But but you know, whatever. We'll let him run with that. (laughs) We we won't steal his dreams. so, Jess, for people who want to follow your journey, can you give us uh, your social media and website details? And I'll put them below. Yes. So, my website is www.jesstarunan.com. And my, wait, is it .com.au? I'll find it. .com.au. I've got it. Because I've got it right here. So oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. Jesstarunan.com.au. She's an Aussie. Yes, I am an Aussie. Um, and you can find me uh, at on Facebook as Jess Tarunan and on Instagram as Mrs. Australia Continents underscore 2018. Perfect. And I'll, I'll put that all below. We're going to move to the close. And yep. have you seen any of my previous interviews? I, I'm not going to make you feel guilty if you haven't, but have you seen any of the last 10 questions? I have seen some, yeah. Uh, okay. I've seen one that you did with Gemma. Oh, well, then I'm going to ask you exactly the same questions. Sure. So the answers should be easy, right? You can just copy hers. <laughs> Gemma being your, your sister, your miss sister. She's my sister queen, yes. Sister queen. Uh, okay, first question. What is your favourite word? My favourite word? Mm. That's hard. I don't know. If you ask my kids, it's probably no. But my favourite word... <laughs> but my favourite word that I say a lot is probably awesome. I say awesome all the time. Okay. I like that. What about what's your least favourite word? Oh, my least favourite word. Mm, I feel like it's really common, but it's probably moist. I hate that word. (laughs) Why does everyone give that answer? I I swear it's about 75% or 80% of the people I interview give moist as an answer. I feel like it's a horrible. I just hate even thinking about it. It's a horrible word. Well, Brooke. Brooke said the same thing. Her answer is moist. Great minds think alike. I, I have enough answers of moist that I turned it into a whole video by itself. <laughs> so just, oh, okay. you're, right. you're in good company. Let's stop using that word. Okay. Yes. Question the third. In life, what turns you on? Um, well, I don't know. But self-development, 100%, hands down, self-development. If, if I'm ever reading a book, I was actually saying to my girlfriend last night who I'm coaching, um, I said to her, you know, she said, let's start a book club. And I was like, yeah, but it's not going to work for me because I only read self-development. I'm obsessed. So, yeah, that's what turns me on in life, self-development. What turns you off? Ego, big ego. I hate that. I can't stand it. Good answer. What sound or noise do you love? Um, hmm. my kids' laughter is obviously right up there. Um, but I actually cannot sleep anymore without solfeggio sounding in the background. So have you ever listened to solfeggio? What's that? Okay, so I'm a hippie, like massive hippie. <laughs> I love self-development and crystals and incense 
essential oils, bring it on, it's my flavor. But um, so solfeggio is a kind of music or sound and it's at a frequency. So you can use it for studying, you can use it for sleeping, meditating. There's all these different ones and they all vibrate or use different frequencies to tap into different parts of your subconscious mind. I know you're a life coach and so am I. So that's like on my wavelength, like the unconscious mind is my thing. I just love it. So yeah, solfeggio. You have to look it up. It's great. I don't even know how to spell that. But you so, sound, when you first said it, I thought it sounded like some sort of Italian opera. So no, solfeggio. It no, it's this frequency. Um, so it's S O L F E G I O. Solfeggio. Okay. I'll definitely look it up. It does sound like an Italian dessert, but yeah. And there's heaps of it on Spotify. I, I just love it. I play it all night while I'm sleeping. I use it for studying. I use it for increasing wow, okay. brain activity. It's amazing. That's, that's intriguing. I'll definitely look that up. Okay. That's yeah. a favorite sound. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, I really hate the sound of like a dog barking heaps far away. I really hate that. So... I'm the neighbor that hangs out the window and is like, shut your dog up, because I hate it. <laughs> okay, I completely understand that one, because if I'm ever trying to record anything, there's always a dog barking. Always, like, right? It's always when you try to do something or talk to someone really important, and it's just like in there in your mind, and you're like, please stop, I can't focus. Well, right before I jumped on the line with you, they were chopping down a tree outside, oh, so nice. it's just the way that the world works. Okay, what superpower, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? So I've answered this before for you, but I would take photos with my eyes. I'm a really visual person and I just like see the beauty in a lot of things and I really wish I could share that with people. So yeah, I'd love to be able to take photos with my eyes. That sounds like it'd be an awesome superpower if you were to be a spy. Yeah, like imagine you'd be like, you could spy on people and like imagine being like a private investigator. You wouldn't I can, even- I can imagine. Because you could just be like a normal person, like you could fully be a mole and you could just be out hanging out and like wink, wink, taking pictures. Of <laughs> so See, I think this is something that your husband could get in on more easily. <laughs> like you two could go to some sort of inspire as a couple rather than him wearing a crown and sash. Literally. I think that's much yeah. more doable. Okay. Yeah. What job or profession other than your own would yeah. you most like to attempt? I don't know if I'd actually attempt it, but if I could do anything, it would be like, I'd be like a psychiatrist or a neurologist. So it's like next level from where I am right now. Like I'm like life coaching and I just love the brain. Like it obviously comes under that mental health thing, but I'm so fascinated about things that go wrong and things that go really right with the brain and human behavior. Like, yeah, I'm a weirdo. I love human behavior. I don't think that's a weirdo. I think that's probably why you're interested in life coaching as well, because yeah, it's definitely. very, very similar. What job or profession other than your own would you definitely not like to attempt? Mm, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't like to be like the poo truck man. You know, like at the poo, poo truck, truck and they go and like suck out the sewer, like, oh, Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard it described as a poo truck. That's like something out of a children's book. The poo truck man. Here comes the poo truck man. Exactly. My kids spot the poo truck a mile away. They're like, oh, there's the poo truck. And you can always smell it coming. Like, I always think, imagine that poor man's wife. Like, she's got to wash his clothes. Ugh. Imagine the smell of him when he comes in from work. Yeah. I don't I, want to. 
I would not want to be that man. I would not want to be his wife. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, final question. If heaven exists, yes. what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <gasps> welcome, Mrs. Australia Continent. No, actually, welcome, Mrs. Continent. That would be what I'd like to hear. <laughs> well, I hope he's not going to be telling you that soon. Oh, I hope not. No, I think I've still got plenty of time, I hope, left on this world. I've got lots of things I want to achieve, so I hope so. I want to thank Jess for her time. It's been great catching up. And uh, best of luck in Vegas. I know it's going to be a hard time having to go over there and enjoy yourself. Oh, I know. What a shame. Like warm weather, 40 degrees, hanging out by the pool, doing my thing. Yeah, hard work. Your, hard your poor husband. I know, I know. Meanwhile, he'll be in the casino like <laughs> he does, you know. I think it'll be a good time for him to start his pass. I was going to say, it sounds like it'll be a really hard time for him too, so, you know. Absolutely. Well, best of luck, and um, I want to thank everyone for watching, and yes. we'll see you soon. Hey, it's Adrian. If you'd like some pageant coaching to help you win that title, or you'd like to keep up to date with our interviews, check us out at thepageantproject.com. Speak to you soon.